prophetic scriptures are especially designed to illuminate our understanding of what is to come. Often they refer to things that have passed so that we have a measure by which to calibrate our understanding of what is to come. Prophecy is for edification, to edify us, so that we're not walking ignorantly, we're not stumbling blindly through the landscape of humanity. So it's for edification, it is for exhortation. When when our senses are overwhelmed, when we are tempted to stop, not want to go any further, uh, prophecy exhorts us to press on as one running in the race. So in a sense prophecy is like your friends on the sidelines cheering you on uh, toward toward the final finish. And it is for comfort, so it's for edification, exhortation and comfort. Comfort is when everything around you is gloomy, the light does not penetrate and depression, anxiety, worry, fear reach out of the darkness to grab you. Prophecy serves to comfort you, it allows you to raise the shield of faith to quench the fiery darts with which the enemy attacks you through the five senses, it comforts you. So whoever walks without prophecy, walks without edification, so they have only the ruminations of their own minds and the collective wisdom of their companions, they have the the power of reason in the place of divine uh, enlightenment, this is that. Exhortation, uh, lacking the cheering from the sidelines by the scriptures and by the, the examples of those who have gone before us, we can only hope that our souls can be motivated by positivity, by thinking positive thoughts or as somebody, I think it was in the movie Peter Pan, thinking happy thoughts. This is no time for that kind of a flimsy reed on which to lean and comfort. You could only have the comfort of the sound of your own voice or the comfort of escape rather than the work of the Holy Spirit who brings forth the Word to you in the season of God, that Word that had been spoken and repeated through the corridors of time and brought certainty, clarity, hope and direction to the people of God. Look, prophecy is not discretionary, Prophecy is front and center, without it history occurs 
and catches us entirely unprepared. Think, for example, of the book of Daniel, uh, the 8th and 9th and 10th chapters, actually the 8th and 9th chapters in, in particular, where Daniel is given understanding of the rise of the nation of Greece, uh, pictured as a shaggy goat with a horn that moves across the ground and doesn't touch the ground and all of the, the, the prophetic scriptures that speak of how the empire is broken up and divided into four groups or four, four portions. That's exactly what happened. After Alexander the Great, that shaggy goat, after he died, his empire was divided between his four, the families of his four generals and they ruled until the coming of the time of Christ. Now that prophecy had been announced in chapter 7 when uh, the angel said to Daniel, as you were praying, I was given instruction to come and give you revelation about these things. But the prince of Persia, a demonic spirit known as the prince of Persia, uh, detained me for a fortnight. 21 days. But he said, Michael came to my aid, the great angel Michael came to my aid, removed the objection of the prince of Persia, I I came through, and when I return, the prince of Greece will come. And in that prophetic declaration, in what he told Daniel, he prophesied the future, namely that Persia not just the Babylonian Empire uh, would fall to the Persians, but the Persians and the Medes, uh, or the Medes and the Persians who came after that, that they would in their turn as tyrants fall. And then after they fell, there'd be the rise of the Greek Empire, and that's exactly what happened. So if we ignore prophecy, (laughs) modern man thinks himself to be so smart, because he thinks the ability to search things on the computer gives him all knowledge, all relevant understanding at his fingertips. There's a wisdom that underlies the movement of history because all of history serves to bring forth and to be the record of the bringing forth of what God originally knew. God's original intent. So what was and what is God's original intent? You've heard me speak about this many times, so I won't go into any depth of it, but God created man to be the image and likeness of God, so that the purpose of man collectively upon the earth was to host the presence of God. When man departed from that view, beginning with uh, the fall of Adam, an entire opposition to that movement of history uh, was introduced and it came to be known as the cosmos, the K-O-S-M-O-S, a kingdom comprised of systems to entrap men into the belief that we can live apart from God inasmuch as man had chosen 
to, to engage an economy based upon his toil for the purpose of provision and protection. So on the one hand you've got the progression forward inexorably to the end result of a corporate man who is in the image and likeness of God known as the body of Christ growing to the fullness of maturity measured by the fullness of the stature that belongs to Christ for the purpose of putting collectively on display the nature of the living God. When when the earth has served its purpose, that is what we will have. Why? Because the, the power and the authority of the living God underwrites the outcome. It's not like there's a possibility that this won't happen. God knows the end from the beginning. But the other story is also progressing. And these two stories, the one of the purpose of God being to to be demonstrated in a corporate man, the nature of God being put on display in a corporate man, is being shadowed by an opposition that intends to prove that man was not the appropriate heir, that it was the angels who were dispossessed in the process. That's the rebellion. Both of these things, both of these directions have been gathered up, organized, arranged into kingdoms. Why? Because anytime you have a collection of people on the earth moving together toward a particular purpose, they have to be organized in order for that purpose to have any chance of succeeding. If you've got a a large group of people on the earth, each of whom has an idea about carrying the presence of God, how will they as individuals, how can an individual carry the fullness of the presence of God? He cannot. It's not given to an individual. A portion portion is given, there's a partial investment, but God always intended, indeed that's the only way it could happen, to have a collection together, an orderly arrangement. And in our case and for our purposes, that orderly arrangement is called the body of Christ and it is empowered hence the concept of kingdom, which is the term basileo in the Greek or basilica in the Latin and it means a foundation or basis of power and rule. Every collection of people moving together to fulfill a particular purpose have to be empowered and there has to be an order to their progression. So part of empowerment is bringing order. 
in addition to having the strength or force necessary to accomplish their objectives. Simple, simple. This isn't, this isn't complicated. This is the scriptures. Okay? Now I understand, I understand that today in the gospel of narcissism, which is living your best life now, or the gospel promoted by motivational speakers, they, they, they go for the individual. They have no concept, no overarching concept of corporiety, no more than they have an overarching concept of purpose. Their purpose is simply the purpose of consumers. They've dumbed the gospel down to something that is grotesque and in its fundamental form opposes the gospel of Christ. This is another gospel. Needless to say, God is dismissing the the, uh, proponents of this gospel in this time because that's part of what's happening prophetically. This is that. He's taking the people out of the hands of wicked and exploitive shepherds and putting them into the hands of those who are moved by His Spirit so that they may experience the fatherhood of God in their corporiety and they may experience and tap into the true economy of God, which exists not so you you can barricade yourself behind a mountain of possessions so that you don't need God. Do you know the basic premise of the prosperity gospel is to to secure enough goods and wealth from God so that you don't have to trust God. It It is an idiocy beyond imagination viewed from the sane mind of God, but from the insane and unsound mind of fallen men, it is what he always wanted. He wanted to be able to clothe himself and to protect himself, and that from God. This other trend that is moving through the earth is is the alternative, and as I've said, it too is organized in the form of a kingdom with certain power. It has an objective and it has a power that sustains it, just like the kingdom of God has an objective and has the eternal power of God sustaining it. The objective of the kingdom of God is the manifestation of God in the corporate man. It's not about going to heaven when you die, that's just a religious, uh, that's a religious gospel. Yes, you will go to heaven when you die, but God didn't create man just so that he could go to heaven when he dies. God created the heavens and the earth, put man in it so that God may become visible in creation in a corporate man. Anything else is less than the gospel. And, And when a thing is less than the gospel, it may either either be inoffensive to the gospel or it may actually be a stumbling block to the gospel. And I'm convinced that the reason that people were not motivated to search this matter out more thoroughly has been because of the hegemony of the gospel of going to heaven when you die. Now look, 
When I'm not here, you may properly assume I'm in heaven, but that's not my goal to get to heaven because heaven will be emptied out at the return of the Lord and eventually all the heavens will be rolled up as a scroll, but the purposes of God will continue. So the doctrine that focuses on going to heaven versus going to hell is short-sighted and it's not the whole gospel and it will not allow you to engage the economy of the kingdom of heaven because that exists not to get you to heaven when you die, that exists to strengthen you against the opposition that intends to keep you from that goal of putting on display the nature of God in your time on this earth. The opposition, as I mentioned, is also arranged as a kingdom and the driving force behind this opposition is called the enemy. Now the enemy is not merely a term like the term spiritual, the enemy is a real person, he was a created being who rebelled against God. His nature is not, he was not created to be any more than a servant and indeed all of the spirits like him were angels who at one time served God because all angels are created as ministering servants. When they lost their place, it was because they chose to rebel against that for which they were created and so in creation they do not have a divine purpose. They oppose a divine purpose and they are bound over for destruction, but they have not chosen to go quietly. They chose to oppose God in heaven and they continued to try to oppose God on the earth inasmuch as the earth was the place that God put man to perfect him into the image and likeness of God. Born as an infant or created in the case of Adam, but meant to grow up into the fullness of this calling. At each step of his journey is opposed by this alternative kingdom that has as its prime actors the hierarchy of evil spirits, the top of the hierarchy being the accuser of the brethren, Ha-Satan, the devil, variously referred to as that old serpent, the devil or Satan. Now he's not the only big actor in this kingdom of darkness, kingdom of darkness is known after him, he's the prince of darkness, meaning he would take you back to the time before there was light, 
God created the heavens and the earth to reveal His nature, that's the meaning of let there be light. God was revealing Himself. The enemy wishes to take mankind back into the darkness of not knowing God, because if you walk in the light, as He is in the light, you have fellowship one with another, the blood of Jesus Christ continues to cleanse from all sin and you grow in grace and in the knowledge of the truth. But if you walk in darkness, your ways are not informed by the righteousness of God and in fact you love darkness rather than light precisely because your ways oppose God, your deeds are evil. So these two kingdoms are inevitably clashing with each other. Now the Scriptures tell us unequivocally what the outcome will be. The saints of the Most High, the ones destined to carry His presence and put it on display, they are destined to possess all the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, to bring everything again under the rule of the Son of God. All things began by being put under the rule of Adam, the first of the two sons. The last Adam is a spiritual man comprised of many members and everything is expected to come back into divine order under the rule of that Adam. Now, both kingdoms are moving forward and the kingdom of darkness has been presented prophetically in its final stage as a great beast that rules upon the earth, that terrorizes the earth, subdues it and presses it down. Well, that's consistent with the nature of the opposition. Similarly, the kingdom of God as it draws to the conclusion of the age is presented in the picture of a bride to her husband. If we understand biblically, the concept of the bride is not one of romance. I know there are many silly, popular, even Christian writers who try to depict the relationship between Christ and the church as one of an amorous relationship between two persons, a man and a woman. No, he's using types and shadows. The bride, you see, the purpose of the bride is to carry the holy seed, to gestate within the Corpus Christi those who are born of God, of the seed of God, who then are presented in the image and likeness of God within the context of the corporate man as that which is the fullness of the representation of God upon the earth. Two trends moving forward. The bride who carries the seed brings forth that which is the man-child, as it were, that is the 
the fullness of the body of Christ that carries the representation of God on the earth. The other is as a grotesque kingdom, a systemic kingdom that oppresses the whole earth seeking to draw it under its rule and to draw even the believers back under the rule. Now don't be deceived, you will not as a believer, as a true believer, you cannot be made subject to the evil one because you will see and understand as the times unfold. Now we are in a critical epoch, we are in the time when the bride is about to bring forth this perfect man. That's why it's called the beginnings of birth pains. Don't forget, when there are the beginnings of birth pains, something is about to be born. But in this birth, it will not bring forth an infant because the metaphor of birth is not used to depict the coming forth of a child like a human child. This is the thing that has been gestated in the womb of God from the beginning of time and we live now, we live now in the full provision of what God has supplied for us, anticipating the time when it's time to show what was born of God what had been gestated in God. And so to that end, the enemy and his kingdom are presented as a dragon that waits to devour the child. The type and shadow of this, of course, is the natural birth of Jesus and Herod and Pontius Pilate, or rather Herod in particular, seeking to destroy him when he was born. A similar type and shadow is Moses at the time of his birth in Egypt where the Pharaoh was a type and shadow of this dragon. But the thing about prophecy, you see, is that it's not linear. The thing about prophecy is you can't understand it with a domesticated understanding because it speaks of spiritual things through earthly symbols. So what is to be born is not going to be an infant. What is to come out of the bride, so to speak, is that which God was intending to do, a fully grown man to the image and likeness of God. And with that, we will have the final clash of the age. Where we are now, is in the beginning of birth pains. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about the symbols that dominate and define our time.